scripture this morning is from Genesis chapter 28, verses 10 through 19a. Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran. He came to a certain place and stayed there for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place. As he slept, he dreamed that there was a ladder set up on the earth, the top of it reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And the Lord stood beside him and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring, and your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south, and all the families of the earth shall be blessed in you and in your offspring. Know that I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised. Then Jacob woke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! There is none other than the house of God and this is the gate of heaven. So Jacob rose early in the morning, and he took the stone that he had put under his head and set it up for a pillar and poiled oil on the top of it. He called that place Bethel. I'm sorry, Bethel. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. For you are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. Thank you, Gail, for the reading. And that was a wonderful pronunciation, Bethel. Boy, I spent a lot of time with this story. You know, this story is an inspiration for me for this entire season. I love this line. The Lord is definitely in this place, and I didn't even know it. I love the surprise of that. The way that it suggests a whole narrative that doesn't fit within what we were expecting. I want to introduce an idea, um, and then I'll explain it a little bit. You know, in the e-weekly, I mentioned that this is a story of one of the patriarchs of the faith. This is one of the stories that shapes our understanding of who God is. And it gets referenced many times when God introduces God's self 
identifies God's self. God says, I am the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And so these stories about these people are very important because they're shorthand for how we understand who God is. I'm going to keep moving around until we don't get that uh, sound, the microphone. Here's what I was thinking about with this story. You know, I know that Abraham's story is an immigrant story. And it's important all through the Bible that we understand that our God cares a lot about the experience of the immigrant. I know that Isaac's story is a story about breaking cycles of violence. And that when God identifies God's self as the God of Isaac, we know that God throughout all of our history with God is one who is interested in breaking cycles of violence. God is a God of peace. Jacob, Jacob is a queer story. And I use that word queer, not because I'm talking about an individual self-identification, not because I'm talking about a political platform, but because I'm talking about the way the story is shaped, the way the God of Jacob is shaped, as we understand from analyzing this story. And a way to understand what it means for a story to be a queer story is to understand that it is a story that doesn't fit inside the boxes we have. A queer story is a story that doesn't fit inside the boxes that we have. That's why that word can be used for so many different things. It talks about that sense of surprise, of wonder, of realizing that there's more layers, there's more complexity than we anticipated, than we were expecting. The story of Jacob is a queer story which is giving us a sense that throughout the relationship that humankind has with our God, we are always going to be challenged to understand something about God that does not fit inside of our boxes. Yeah. Call stories are not just for individuals, you know. This story is a story where God is showing up in a dream for one person. And so it's a model of relationship with one person that doesn't fit inside of the boxes that we understand. But they're not just for individuals. In fact, when Jacob experiences this dream, it's not his instinct to think that it has anything to do with him. He responds and says, oh, Obviously, God is in this place. Not God is in me, but God is in this place. And he uses the stone that he was sleeping on as a pillow and turns it into an altar, this physical space, this physical object. This becomes a marker of the house of God. 
God is saying to Jacob, I'm going to return you to this land, and you will have land, and you will have family, and you will have a future. You're going to change the world through your legacy. People will understand something about this world and about me because of you. It's not just about Jacob, the individual. It's a much bigger picture than that. I've always been grateful for an individual story of call, for an individual queer story, because I have one of my own. My own experience of coming to know God didn't have anything to do with my sexual orientation or my gender identity or the way that I wanted other people to call me and claim me, but it did very much have to do with feeling like I couldn't fit inside the boxes as I understood them. And I thought that this was a problem with me. I just couldn't figure out how to do it right. I couldn't figure out how to live to fit myself in any of the boxes that I saw available to me. And this made me really upset. It was a bigger kind of anxiety than I knew how to deal with. I'll tell you more about my call story at another time, but I too had an experience of meeting God in a moment of anguish, in a moment of in-between, just like Jacob meets God in the wilderness and feeling this acknowledgement that it was okay for me to be how I was, even if I didn't fit. God loved me and didn't want me to dislike about myself the things that didn't fit. So I'm grateful for that, and I connect with that, but I also recognize that that is not a limitation on how this works. I have my own individual story, Jacob has his own individual story, but it is also bigger than that. It is about a whole people throughout history. We must not forget that the God that Jesus claimed as Jesus' source, as Jesus' parent, as Jesus' authority, was this God, this God of Jacob, this God that doesn't fit in the boxes. The whole tradition we come from is one that identifies with this. It's important for us to remember that. But it's also important for us to realize that there is something about the land. This story brings this weird character into the center of our history and tradition, but is also an explanation for why Bethel, the house of God, a city is the capital city of the northern kingdom. It's because a place where God, it, because it is a place where God was surely present. We are also in a capital city. We are also a place where God is surely present. 
Wesley United Methodist Church has a long history of relationship with God, of relationship with mission, of pushing things forward, of demonstrating and guiding what it looks like to be Methodist in the heart of a city, in the heart of a state, with its own wonderful history. I read something interesting in a commentary. It was talking about how um, the language that is used um, before the story and after, there's a match. There's a phrase, when Jacob's mother sends him away, she says, I'll call you back in a while. And that kind of phrase, in a while, she says, go away for your own safety. I'll call you back in a while. And what I'm referring to with that phrase is the same thing that is said later when the text is describing that Jacob, although he had to work for many years, for seven years and then seven more years to marry Rachel, it felt to him like just a while because of his love for her. These words match, and so we understand that Jacob's mother thought she was sending him away for time that would feel like no time at all. And in fact, he doesn't come back for a generation. For 20 years, he doesn't come home. It's important for us to know things like this because sometimes our call stories unfold over a longer or shorter time than we were expecting. Sometimes it takes a while for us to see how the parts that don't fit inside the boxes we know are part of God's vision. Sometimes we have to wait even a whole generation. But that doesn't mean that we're doing it wrong. That doesn't mean that the parts that don't fit are problems. That doesn't mean that surely God is not in this place. No, the Lord definitely is in this place. There's this um, beautiful poem written by a poet who um, converted to Christianity right about when the um, pandemic was starting. And the poetry is infused with like this deep respect for faith in the Bible and, and theology. And I'm wondering if that was possible because there's so much alone time during those years. This beautiful poem by Jay Holm says about Jesus, he's here in the midst of it. Right at the center of the dance floor, robes hitched up to his knees to make it easy to spin. At some point in the evening, a boy will touch the hem of his robe and beg to be healed, beg to be anything other than this. And he will reach his arms out, sweat damp and weary from dance. He'll cup this boy's face in his hand and say, my beautiful child. There's nothing in this heart of yours that ever needs to be healed. The Lord is definitely in this place. And we follow the God of Abraham, 
which is an immigrant story, and the God of Isaac, which is a story about breaking the cycle of violence, and the God of Jacob, which is a queer story, and the God of Jesus Christ, which is a story about here, about here in the midst of it, in the body of the church, in the body of this city, in our bodies. It's a story about being here. Imagine, imagine how profound it would be if you were in a culture whose only way of talking about God was as a mysterious force, as a distant and powerful thing. If your only way of talking about God was about the ways in which you fall short of being like God, about how God is different from you. If the only way that you know to talk about God is forensically, how to appease God, how to plead with God for mercy. If that's the only way you know God, as distant, separate, strange to you, what it would mean to see that there is a ladder Actually, it's a ramp. It's wheelchair accessible. <laughs> That's actually the Bible says it's a ramp. It's a ramp. <laughs> and angels are striding up and down it like it's nothing at all. This is a vision that there is no divide that God cannot and will not cross. God is here. The Lord is definitely in this place. Amen. Amen.